It's officially college football season on the PFF Betting Podcast. We have our first full week of Saturday games. 50-plus college football games are going to be happening today. Uh, we have college football basically on our screens for the last five days coming up here as well. So it feels like we are officially hitting in-season stride. NFL is coming next week. Uh, today, I am joined once again by Anthony Tresh. First week, last week. I think we had a pretty good week, Anthony, right? We were, we were you know, we kind of talked people off of uh, – backing New Mexico State. From a green line perspective, we had a really productive week. I think UCLA obviously covered. Illinois won outright. So I feel like we're pretty good and fresh here heading into uh, week one of college football season. How are you feeling, Anthony? That's a perfect word to describe how I'm feeling fresh. And week one, I mean, there is so many perfect, you know, there's some interesting games here to really dive into from a betting perspective that we're about to talk about. Right, definitely. I mean, like we have, you know, a couple top 10 matchups. Georgia Clemson obviously is the headliner, but I think we have, you know, a number of games that we're bringing, we're going to try and touch on. Greenland has a lot of value on some games. There are some totals as well that we like. Uh, so make sure you get on that Greenland uh, subscription, PFF Elite or Edge subscription. You need to lock it in. Kick off 30 promo code. It's going to get you 30% off. Uh, that's not going to last for too much longer. So if you want to make some cheddar before the NFL season locks in, make sure you get on Greenland, get that kickoff 30 promo code happening. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's talk about right away game of the week, Tresh. We got Georgia Clemson. Um, I know, you know, obviously. Clemson starting a new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, left the building. How are you kind of evaluating this matchup coming up here on Saturday? The line's kind of moved uh, away from Clemson. Georgia's kind of gotten some love. I think it opened up at Clemson minus four. It's down to minus three. I do think we're going to see some minus two and a halves here at some point in time. Is there a spot that you like on the spread for this matchup? Yeah, there's definitely a spot that I like. Um, but also, this there's so many unknowns within this matchup, right? Yeah. Because, like, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterbacks of the PFF college era. Um, also losing Travis Etienne. I mean, I think that is a little bit of a big loss. You know, running backs do matter in college football from a talent yep. disparity standpoint. You look at wins above average. There is value there, you know, especially with a guy like Travis Etienne. Um, and, you know, but with this game, given what Georgia has to face with injuries, I mean, they're missing a lot of, you know, important pass catchers. They knew they were going to be without George Pickens in this one. Um, suffered a torn ACL months ago. Um, but then they also they are not going to have the LSU transfer, Eric Gilbert, who was the baby version of Kyle Pitts in a way. Um, you're not going to have the freak tight end Darnell Washington. They're not going to have Dominique Blaylock, who's another great wide receiver for him. And the wide receivers they do have, they're a little banged up. Um, and also, they're also missing Tyke Smith, the veteran transfer from West Virginia, one of the best slot cornerbacks in college football. Um, and, and so... Given all of those injuries there, I, and I think, you know, especially within that receiving unit, you look at that Britt Venables defense that's ranked, you know, number one in EPA allowed per play in three out of the last four years in the Power Five. And the one year they didn't, they were second. Hey, I really do like Clemson here. And I would almost, you know, I, I've taken an alternate line. I mean, I'm taking this thing out to minus six and a half, right? Shy of that, you know, key number seven there. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of value there. I think right now you can get that for plus 140. If you take that out to minus six and a half, but you know, either way, I think Clemson is a good way to go. Look at that. That is a bold prediction, right? Cause I think for the majority of the off season, I have kind of been leaning towards Georgia and I know, you know, Obviously, Clemson's going to have a lot of tools to replenish it. The injury situation for Georgia, a little bit dicey. There are some injuries happening for Clemson as well. Um, so, But I kind of always lean Georgia. I do think that, you know, where we are at with the quarterback evaluation obviously differs on our outlook. But I do, I do like the aggressiveness going minus six and a half, obviously, right? We're crossing, you know, 
getting off of that minus three spread moving up to six and a half you are going to get a plus price on that so i kind of like the aggressiveness with that right i think we're going to see a little bit of a blowout my preferred approach to this game i do think you know despite the injuries on the offense side of the football especially for georgia i do think we're going to see a little bit higher scoring game than the 50.5 total i have seen it down to 50 49 and a half in a couple spots as well do you think we're going to see some offensive fireworks here on Saturday, or is it going to be much more of a, you know, slow it down defensive grind fest with the offense that's not really capable of matching up or keeping up, uh, partly due to the injuries, partly due to, you know, the defense basically being ahead of those offenses to start the season at this point? Yeah, I mean, this total, that this is a total that I kind of want to stay away from because I, I would not be surprised in either way. But I think right now, if I had to lean either way, you know, one direction, I, I think if we're going to see you know, kind of defense show out in this one, um, just because you have DJ Uyengalale taking over, you know, first time full season starting. We did see him make a couple spot starts last year when Trevor Lawrence was out, looked really good in those, but you know, I, you know, there's still some unknown nature, right? So I think I'd be a little bit more, you know, likely to take the, the under, um, but I'm still staying away from it. And so even though I think Clemson's probably going to, you know, single-handedly win this game, I'm just not confident in really taking on that total. Okay, I like it. I mean, I can get on board with that as well. I do think, you know, basically avoiding the spot instead of betting something that you don't prefer with, I do think that is a viable approach. So we're going with Tresh has minus six and a half for Clemson, plus 145 price. Uh, you know, you can lock that in, feel good. I do think if Clemson wins, it's probably going to be in a little bit of a blowout fashion. I don't think uh, the numbers between three and seven are really going to matter. So I could see them easily winning by more than a touchdown. So I kind of like that aggressive play. I do think that is uh, definitely a justifiable approach here for this Saturday game. The NFL is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code PFF to get you free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Fantasy football draft season is here, and we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code KICKOFF30. For just $7, get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, player rankings and projections, all of PFF's locked article content, cheat seats for your fantasy draft, and so much more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $7. Let's move on. We got uh, basically the only conference and head-to-head matchup. Big Ten has a couple of quality games here. Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa. Uh, is there anything that you are liking from either of these two matchups? Yeah, there's something in both matchups that I really like. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin, I'm liking the under in this one. Um, you know, you look at the Penn State offense, you have Sean Clifford, and they're really going to push the ball downfield in this new offense they have. I um, mean, looking at, you know, his historic passing downfield, Hasn't been all that great in his collegiate career. He's bottom five in big-time throw rate when throwing 10 or, 10, 10 or more yards downfield. Um, you know, Jahan Dotson, very good, reliable, all-around 
college receiver. I, he's going to get the job done. But after him, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, and then you look at Graham Mertz, you know, he's, there's some uncertainty there with him as well. I mean, he, you know, going back to that debut against Illinois last year, everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing. He shredded that defense. Um, but then after that, he was just a poor performer the rest of the rest of the way. But then come to find out he supposedly suffered a shoulder injury that game after the Illinois um, win. And, you know, it's just all about how much was that shoulder injury he played through really impacting his play. Um, and that's the big question mark there. But I think he's going to have a tough test with that Penn State defense. You know, they, they did lose some playmakers with Odafe Owe and Shaka Tony, but they also got some, you know, established veteran players along that defensive line via the transfer portal. Uh, and so I think they're going to be well equipped there. You have Jaquan Brisker, one of the best defensive backs in college football as well. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, a classic low scoring defensive affair um, in, the, in the Big Ten Conference for this one. So I'm leaning under and also um, the weather is it's looking a little shaky right now. So I think that's the way I'm leaning in that one. Yep, definitely. I do. I do agree with you, especially from the weather perspective. I do think it could be ugly. Both defenses sit in our top five uh, for our opponent adjusted defensive rankings. So I do think we're going to see a little bit of a defensive performance in that one. That is one that I definitely like. Uh, one way to potentially play it. Obviously, we're not seeing any key numbers. So you can't really tease uh, the total and uh, the spread at this point in time. But I don't mind Penn State maybe winning an upset as well, plus 185. I do think it's maybe a viable play as well. But I do think uh, going under 50 is definitely the justifiable approach. So I do um, definitely like that bet as well. That is one that I actually have already locked in. But let's see. I really want to get your thoughts on Indiana-Iowa. I've been kind of looking at this game more from a DFS perspective. I do kind of like Michael Penix Jr., uh, Ty Freifogel as well. But it is a really low total, 46 points. I kind of like the over as well, but it is basically one of the lowest scoring games on uh, the DFS slate on DraftKings. Do you think we're going to see a little bit more offensive production in this one? Or are you staying away from the total in Indiana, Iowa? Um, I think I'm staying away from the total, but I'm definitely intrigued with one of these teams, and it's Indiana. I, I do, I'm liking the money line right here with them. And the big reason why is, you know, you look at both of these defenses, you put them side by side, they're both you know, among the best in the Big Ten, really among the best in college football. You know, Iowa, you know, very good zone scheme there. They groom those three-star recruits being elite, keeping everything in front of them. Very good there. Return their, all their key defensive backs from last year's group. That was among, you know, one of the highest graded in college football. And Indiana, you know, they're right there too. I mean, they did lose Jamar Johnson to the NFL, the safety. But they bring back, you know, most of their key defensive backs outside of him. Um, especially to Taiwan Mullen, one of the best cornerbacks in college football. They'd lose Kane Walnock, the defensive coordinator, but they're keeping that defensive scheme in place. Um, so those two defenses, I think they're in fantastic shape. The pass rush may not be so hot, but the coverage is going to be spectacular. Now, comparing the offenses, that's where I think Indiana has the significant edge. As long as Michael Penix Jr. You know, can actually stay healthy, and that's a big if because he's on a run of three straight season-ending injuries, two of which were torn ACLs in the same knee. Um, you know, they're going to have one of the top passing offenses in the conference. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., he's a top five player at his respective position. When healthy, overcame, you know, one of the highest pressure rates in college football last year. Um, you know, converted pressures to sacks at a very low rate. Actually had the highest big time throw rate um, in the Power Five conference. So I think with him leading the way alongside his partner in crime, Ty Freifogel, who's just a back shoulder, um, you know, go ball weapon there. Um, you know, I really do think this Indiana offense can, you know, really beat Iowa's defense. Um, you know, you look at Iowa's uh, offense led by Spencer Petras, the quarterback. He was not a bottom tier performer last year. You know, he ranked dead last in true drop back passing grade. And that's where you really want to see the quarterback shine. So that's removing, you know, the RPOs and screens and all of that. 
Um, yeah. And you look at the, his top two receivers, they're both gone as well. Um, and so I'm not really putting a whole lot of faith in that Iowa offense. And I am with that Indiana offense. So that's why I'm leaning Indiana money line there. Yeah, I like that. I like that as well. And the thing that has perplexed me basically all offseason, the college football question that I have not resolved or answered at this point in time is uh, why we are really high on Iowa. We really like Iowa Hawkeyes. I think Spencer Petras has done well in certain metrics to the point where we kind of maybe overstate or overvalue how good he's going to be here in 2021. But Iowa was the first team that really jumped out to me when we initially did our ELO rankings, uh, when we started developing some of our you know power ratings tools and um, our simulation and even our green line outlook uh, for this 2021 season. They were a team that I consistently came back to and I felt were kind of overrated based on our own metrics. Do you have any insight or reason for why that might be the case? Is there anything that kind of jumps out to you that you've seen, um, you know, in studying them that could maybe say, well, this is one reason why we potentially like them, but in saying that, I don't really, we're potentially overvaluing that situation or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was, had the same reaction when I first saw um, the ratings. I was like, this was really the only one that kind of perplexed me a little bit. And, you know, looking mm-hmm. into it a little bit, um, I, I do think, you know, the secondary, it does matter a lot. I mean, in the pass rush unit, as we found at the power five level, um, it's, it matters just as much and it can explain just as much as the coverage unit on a given pass play, but still they're spectacular in coverage. One of the best coverage units in college football and that offensive line too. I think that is, that is baked into it a good extent because it is one of the best in college football as well. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, I think he's the best all, uh, you know, offensive lineman, regardless of position. I'm probably going to be a first round pick next year. He, he might even break the record you know, for highest single season PFF grade by a center uh, this upcoming season. He's, he's on that level of Tristan Worf. So I, I think those two facets are really kind of helping them, you know, in that. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's the quarterback position and that shakiness right there. If they had a better quarterback, right. you know, someone on par with Michael Penix Jr., it'd be a completely different ballgame. Right, definitely. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, some of those things maybe the more casual college football fan isn't going to pick up on, but they are really strong in certain areas, especially in the group and facet grades for the reason for why we probably over, you know, have them really high, shockingly high in certain situations. But I do think, you know, there is probably justification for why they are that high. So let's shift gears a little bit. No question about who is the number one team at this point in time. Alabama Crimson Tide have a pretty difficult matchup against Miami uh, coming up here on Saturday afternoon. Is there a spot that you like in either of these game, uh, in this game? We got you know six to one point total, nineteen and a half point spread for Alabama. It, can Derek King keep the, keep this close enough and potentially cover keep this within a two touchdown uh, game at this point? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think this is a gift. I mean, earlier this week, it was, you know, Alabama was favored by 18. Now it's up to 19 and a half. Um, You know, I I do think that as we saw with CJ Stroud in Ohio State, that there, it can be some shakiness with these young and experienced passers. And I don't think it's a guarantee that, you know, their new starting quarterback, the Crimson Tides, Bryce Young, can step in and produce, you know, and match the level of play that they got from Mac Jones last year. Um, you know, Bryce Young, he has the five-star recruiting pedigree. He was the number two rated recruit in 2020 class. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Mac Jones produced at an historic level. And it's truly rare to see, you know, inexperienced underclassmen step into a starting job and produce at a level even remotely close to that, um, you know, right away. So I do think that there is reason to kind of expect the unexpected with the Crimson Tide offense. And I think Miami with the Eric King, who has two 90-plus graded seasons in his collegiate career, I think they can keep this one close for a little bit. So, yeah, I think 19 and a half points, I think that's way too much. I think this one, you know, could even get down into single digits. We might even see a scenario, you know, like we did with Ohio State, Minnesota, where we're 
everyone's storming to Twitter like, oh, is Bama on upset alert there for a minute? But I think I think Alabama will ultimately come out on top. But I do think Miami has plenty enough here to cover. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. I do like kind of hitting Miami in the pregame, especially with the spread moving up to 19 and a half. Then if, you know, if that scenario kind of plays it, like you mentioned with Ohio State being down against Minnesota, if that happens again with Miami being up, that's a spot where you could potentially live bet Alabama, open up a pretty wide middle, uh, and then kind of hope that a similar outcome happens to what we saw on Thursday night. But I do think that's probably the justifiable approach, the best play uh, and the approach that I'm going to be taking to this Miami-Alabama game. I got to ask you, uh, your thoughts on UCLA LSU. I know UCLA, we both kind of touched on last week, team that we were lower on than the market. Uh, they came out and performed uh, much better than I expected. That's for sure. I think they kind of trounced Hawaii. DTR looked um, not necessarily overly great, but I do think he had one of his better games from a collegiate perspective uh, last week. Are you updating your priors are you changing uh your stance on ucla at this point in time do you think they can pull off a potential upset uh against lsu as two and a half point dogs or do you still think they're kind of overvalued based on what you saw last week yeah i'm not drinking the dtr kool-aid not yet um (laughs) i I still think that you know his passing ability is very suspect um you know I, i just can't see him having you know him and the ucla team as a whole having the same offensive, you know, success and firepower against this LSU defense uh, like they did against Hawaii because Hawaii's defense, we knew, I mean, it was a little bit of a problem and they got ran over. The run defense was really, really poor, um, you know, with LSU. Last year's group, um, as far as defense goes, they did underperform. There's no doubt about it, but they're going to go back to their 2019 form a little bit, you know, as far as the concepts and schemes that they have there. Um, And I think with the talent they have, there's no way that they're going to be, you know, mid-tier average at best. Um, you know, as far as their rank in the FBS in 2021, I think they have the potential to be a top 10 group. And at that point, I just can't see UCLA even, you know, remotely coming close to putting up enough points on the board. But that being said, you look at LSU, I'm not so sure about Max Johnson either. They're starting quarterback. Um, you know, he struggled to push the ball down the field vertically, didn't look comfortable last year after taking over for Miles Brennan. So I, I do think, you know, I, I think I would take LSU um, if I had to, you know, pick the spread here, but I, I think my favorite bet, probably my favorite bet of the week is the under in this one, under 65. I, I think that might be my lock. Yeah, let's see. I mean, that was that was the spot that I definitely liked at that point, especially based on what you said, both offenses, what you saw from UCLA last week. So I do think under 65, uh, that can be our lock of the week. I want to get one more from you, though. Let's hear one more uh, surefire bet that you had. I know you talked about uh, liking Nevada, California. Are you just intrigued with that game, or is there a spot that you like to bet on in that game? Yeah, I'm loving Nevada money line. I, I I'm just kind of shocked that Cal's a little is, is favored here. Um, I think Nevada is just going to have you know they have a better all around team. Shockingly, and you know a lot of people, the casual fan, may be surprised to hear that. But Carson Strong. Romeo Dubs, and then you have Elijah Cooks as well, those two wide receivers with the quarter, big-armed quarterback. I, I would just be absolutely f- shocked, flabbergasted, if Cal was able to really pull off this victory here. They really underwhelmed last year, so I'm going Nevada Moneyline. I think that's my other lock. Let's do it. We got two locks here. I got to give you one more spot that I really like. Marshall Thundering Herd taking on Navy. Uh, Marshall has a top 15 defense corner at our opponent-adjusted grades. I do really like Grant Wells at quarterback for Marshall as well. I think they've had, you know, basically all offseason to prepare for Navy's triple option. I do think with that top-tier defense, they're going to be able to slow them down. I would make this spread closer to three and a half, uh, even at least a field goal favorite at this point in time for Marshall. It's down to two and a half at this point in time. I want to lock that one in as my lock of the week. Marshall Thundering Herd 
minus 2.5. I do think that's going to be a really good bet as well. So we got three uh, basically locked-in bets. We're coming up here on the PFF Betting Podcast. Anthony really likes Nevada money line. I like Marshall, minus 2.5. And, and we're both on board with that UCLA-LSU under 65. Make sure you lock those bets in. Once again, get that PFF Elite subscription. Check out our College Green Line product. Check out the NCAA Power Ratings tool as well. We're going to be back every single week bringing you the goods for college football betting perspective from Ben Brown, joined by Anthony Tresh. Appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. We'll be right back.